ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't, can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Coming up on the Money Bee podcast, the Dow Jones Industrial Average sits within striking distance of 20,000. And what to watch for at the Fed meeting this week. This is Money Bee from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello and welcome to the Money Bee podcast. I'm Stephen Grosser. Paul remains on vacation. I don't know who allows him you know, to do this. Um, and we are joined in the studio by Sarah Kraus and Steve Russillo and in D.C. by Josh Zumbrum. Uh, but before we get to Josh and get to our week ahead on the economic calendar, there is something that I think most people in the market, at least most of the reporters in the money and investing section of, of like the Wall us, Street Journal yes. are going to be paying attention to. <laughs> it is Dow 20,000. This is going to be the quickest if it hits, and it's 250 points away right before the close on Friday or right after the close on Friday. If it does, it will be the quickest it's gone done one of these 1,000 increments um, is that true? on record. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's going to blow away. The, the first the, time the other it crossed one was 98 10, or 99, Yeah, when right? it crossed 10,000, um, it went to 11,000. It did that. But that, I think, if we're if, as long as we go before December 30th, we're I think we're breaking that record. Wow. And really on, on pace right now. I mean, the, the rally has just gone parabolic over the past few days. And then, again, on Friday, the Dow up another 140 points. Uh, the Dow is now up more than 13% for the year. S&P is up more than 10% for the year. I mean, if we had said this a month ago, people would have thought we were nuts. Right. And Dow 20,000 coming at you next week, though. Allow me to be the wet blanket, because does Dow 20,000 change a ton for investors? Yes, the market is climbing. Those are gains. That is, you know, in theory, a net positive. But if you are out there as an investor, should you dramatically change your investment strategy? If you're oh, absolutely hold, not, absolutely not. Keep doing what you're doing. But what's so interesting is that there have been academic studies done on this that show that there's a lot more uh, retail trading that happens around these big round numbers absolutely. for the Dow, just because there's so much more attention around them, whether they be in the media, newspapers, mm-hmm. TV, whatever. Uh, and so people get a little more trigger happy. People, yeah. Exactly. Does it make any sense? Absolutely not. You're right, but it's it's kind of nuts though. But I mean, I'm going to I'm going to take two points to getting to your point. The retail investor has large Largely since the financial crisis, stayed on the sidelines. There's a lot of cash on the sidelines. And you look at the consumer sentiment uh, that came out today, very strong. You look at the hit Dow hitting 20,000. That could really be, not maybe long term, but over a short period of time, uh, you know, give this, you know, stocks room to run. Now, the other question is whether we're going to hit it on Monday, because we are easily within, you know, less than 1% of mm-hmm. hitting it on Monday, or are we going to, or is it going to be later in the week? Because typically this falls a pattern. Steve, you've written a lot about this, where you touch that mark, you may cross over a little bit, and you pull back before the close. You have a lot of, there's a lot of sort of intraday playing with that number before it actually breaks through. However, given the speed, the velocity of this rally, is it going to just push right through it and go? 
I don't know. I mean, I think that the the consumer sentiment numbers, especially going into the holidays, the highest level in two years. I mean, that's that's momentum going into the early part of next week. But I, I'm with you that there's a little bit of touch and go. We were, we were talking about this uh, in the in the newsroom yesterday, talking about you know this is looking similar to what you see toward the end of investment bubbles, where you get this like real big spat of euphoria and markets just go crazy, and then it all comes tumbling down. Now, is this the a repeat of 1999, 2000? Probably not. Or 2007. Uh, or 2007. Probably not. But over the last few days, though, you've just seen, even if you're just watching the market on a day-to-day basis, even like a minute-to-minute basis, on Friday, the market was just kind of up a little bit, just not really doing much. And then all of a sudden, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock rolls around, and it just keeps going. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, it's up 100. It's up 150. It just, it's going. and go- Why? It, it, there's no real explanation for it. And it just keeps going. No, I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to, with this rally, ask the question, what's go- like, what's driving right, What's this? underneath it, yeah, yeah. and what, what, what could sustain I mean, it, yeah. I understand, you know, people believe that the, you know, the Republicans taking Congress in a Trump administration means fiscal stimulus, deregulation, lower taxes, but there's a lot of, there's a lack of clarity on all of those fronts. How much of that is going to actually be delivered is still unknown, yet the market's climbing higher, like... We're definitely getting four plus, you know, growth in GDP next year. Right. Which, I mean, how much? What? What will come into effect? Happens. What form that will take, and then how long that takes to get make its way into the real economy in a sustainable way? I mean, those are, that's a long series of events. But now to bring Josh in, there is one. You know, there is probably one thing on the economic calendar that could very well propel uh, the Dow above twenty thousand if it doesn't hit it before then, and that is the Fed meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. What are you expecting? Um, it seems the market's pretty much expecting uh, a you know a rate increase. Yeah, everybody's expecting a, a rate increase. You know, we asked economists in the Wall Street Journal's monthly survey, kind of what percent chance do you place on a rate increase? They were at like 95%. I mean, this is as close to a done deal as you ever see these sort of things get. But and, and, and that means that the market is probably already aware of it and is already, you know, to the extent that the market prices things in, it's, it's surely priced in this rate increase. I don't think it would be enough to, you know, you don't see it as being enough to stop this head of steam that's been building up in right. the market. Now, the big question out of the Fed, though, isn't the rate increase. I mean, the rate increase, for all intents and purposes, is done, I think. The question is, the Fed is also going to put out its economic forecasts uh, at this meeting. They're going to put them out on Wednesday. And that's going to be our chance to see whether or not the Fed believes this idea that uh, the economy is going to be a lot different under President Trump. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of optimism right now. Uh, and if you were the Fed and you saw that and you, you thought, oh, growth is going to be uh, 2.5% instead of 2%, you know, f- leave aside 4% or whatever. I mean, you, even if it was just going to be 2.5% instead of 2%, if you're the Federal Reserve, that has big implications right. for you. I mean, that would mean much faster rate increases, presumably. Um, and so if the Fed buys into this story that you're going to have a lot more economic growth, presumably you're going to have more government borrowing, you're going to have bigger deficits, you're going to have a little bit more inflation, you're going to have higher interest rates. If the Fed buys into that whole story, they very well could send a signal that we're going to have a, a faster pace 
of interest rate increases than people have been anticipating. So I don't think the rate increase itself on Wednesday uh, is go- could be is going to be you know this big thing that makes everybody stand back and say whoa. But if the Fed signals that much sharper path of of interest rate increases, they start dropping hints that they're they're thinking in that direction. That's suddenly something that could have people reconsidering how to think about the economy and the market. Josh, that's a great point because uh, this time last year, right when the Fed increased rates for the first time since the crisis, uh, or, or first time in almost 10 years, I should say, uh, the, the Fed indicated that there could be as many as four rate increases in what is now 2016. So that's what really spooked investors at the time, right, was the fact that, oh, there's going to be a much faster pickup in rates. Clearly, that didn't happen. Uh, but I guess what would the number be now? So if they were to say that rates are going to move faster than maybe people anticipate, because I think based on our economic survey, the, the journal's economic survey, People are expecting about three rate increases for next year, right? Yeah, people are starting to expect three, but I think the latest Fed uh, statement, the, the latest Fed forecast, still kind of indicated that they were thinking only two. And you know, so it's been this kind of. Um, it's hard to know what to make of the market expectations of the right. Fed because for the past entire eight years or whatever, the market <laughs> has always expected the Fed to move. Uh, for the for the most part, the market has expected the med, Fed to move faster uh, than it actually did, and then it, it was only maybe uh, over this past year that that switched around. The Fed said we're going to move four times, and the market said no, you're not. Um, and so it's it's kind of, you know they they've been on different sides of this. It's not always clear who ends up compromising towards who. Um, and so I think if the Fed does signal that they're going to do three instead of two, I, I, I still I think that is something that could that could uh, change the way a lot of people in the, the market are thinking. Even if a lot of them are expecting say they're expecting three, and it, you know there's but there's also the chance you know the Fed could go back to to that to that old plan that they talked about of moving once a quarter. So then you'd be talking about four rate increases. You know you'd be talking about a Fed funds rate of 1.5 a year from now and 2.5 a year from that. And um, you know, suddenly you're starting to talk about Fed funds rates that we used to think of as normal. <laughs> I think that's a good place to take a break. We'll be right back after this. AI may be the most important new computer technology ever, but AI needs a lot of processing speed, and that gets expensive fast. Upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet, oracle.com slash wallstreet. Hi, my name is Jason Gay. I'm a sports columnist at the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, there's a sports columnist at the Wall Street Journal, buddy. I also have a podcast, The Free For All, where we talk a little sports and we talk about everything else as well. People from around the journal and the bigger universe talking about culture, life, politics, everything that's out there today. It's a free-ranging, fun conversation. I urge you to listen to it. And if you don't, I'm going to knock on your door tomorrow. Free For All. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to the Money Beat podcast. I'm Stephen Grosser with Steve Russillo, Sarah Krause, and in D.C., Josh Zumbrum. We're talking the week ahead on the economic calendar. 
for more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcast. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on your Android devices. Uh, Josh, one of the things, this sort of builds off of what you were saying right before we went to break, but for a long time, the markets have had, you know, you know, the sort of good news is bad news, bad news is good news with, the, with regards to the Fed. And I'm wondering if the Fed indicates they believe that they're going to start seeing stronger growth. Is that it's, is and this might be for you, too, Steve Rizzo. Is the market going to take that as, you know, good news and that, you know, the economy is finally growing and being strong? Or are they going to take it as, oh, we're going to see a lot more, uh, you know, an increase in rate, uh, in rates faster than we expected next year? Man, that's a great question. Uh, uh, that's, I guess, the unknown question. That's the unknown question, right? Because uh, up until this point, I would have said that the the – the easy answer is bad news is good news. So if the Fed is going to be a little bit more cautious, that means that it's going to be a little bit more accommodative for longer, which means that that should be good for stocks. But now we're in this, everyone thinks that this is now a hyper growth economy. As you said, we're going to get 4% and you know tax cuts for everyone and fiscal stimulus for everyone. And so- Risk the, on. Risk on. And so if that's, again, that, we said that with a huge caveat that <laughs> we'll see if any of that actually happens. But- you know, if that's if that's now the mentality, then maybe the markets will be spooked by the fact that the Fed won't be so uh, so aggressive or so confident uh, in the future. So, I, I think that was an easy one to answer up until last month's election, and now it's all. It's all right. I mean, next week, there's also economic data coming out of China. And then after the Fed meeting on Thursday, some European figures. Um, And in the background of all of this is who Trump is appointing to outstanding posts that have not yet been filled. And I feel like that to a degree does impact what how investors are feeling um, or, or the direction that certain subsets of the economy are likely to go in. So I feel like it's what the Fed's meeting this time around is happening against a very different backdrop than we were facing a year ago. Yeah, I think the big bet that everybody is kind of making in the market right now is that growth is that, that, that this growth thing that this growth is going to be for real and that a that a more impetus in the economy is going to be for real. And I think people are going to be looking for proof that that's actually starting to happen. And so I, I would tend to think that you know, it's all you do is lose money trying to bet bet on these sort of things. Right. But <laughs> but uh, I would tend to think that you know if the Fed buys into the growth story, that's going to kind of bolster people's confidence that this is for real. And I would think, I mean, man, I would sure think if the Fed says they come back and they say no, growth is still going to be. 1.9% next year or, or whatever they say. I think some people are going to, you know, I think some people in the market are going to look at that and say, wait a second, is the Fed being a little more sober about this than I'm being? So, I, you know, I think this is an example where people are going to want to see confirmation that this growth story is going to actually start to happen. They're going to want to see it in Fed forecasts. I think they're going to want to start seeing it in economic data pretty quickly. And and, and to be honest, like, I mean, we've had a strong run in the economic data that, uh, you know, I mean, one of probably the best runs we've had since the financial crisis in sort of showing that the economy seems to be gathering a little bit of momentum right now. And we get yeah, a lot totally more. drowned out by the election. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And we get a lot of data that come out uh, this week. We get retail sales, we get uh, consumer consumer prices, producer prices. Uh, so as well as the Fed meeting. So, 
And uh, these are real kind of post-election data that we're, we're starting to get. Um, you know, we, for, for a while, there's always that lag where it's after the election, but you're still getting the pre-election right. data. And, you know, these, these reports are starting to be the ones that are, are November. You know, we're going to start to see jobless claims that are December. So, like, we're starting to really see some of the ways that people are reacting in the real economy to finding out that we're going to have a new president. So, yeah, and you got some early holiday sales figures in there as well around the Thanksgiving right, right. weekend. Um, just getting back to like what, you know what Sarah was talking about earlier was just are you, is there anything on the overseas economic calendar that you are particularly looking at right now, Josh? Well, you know, there's also a Bank of England meeting next week, and I think that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, you know, one of the big economic surprise stories of the year was not just that the, the voters in the UK voted for Brexit, they voted to leave the European Union. The big, I think the, big, the bigger economic surprise there was that everybody, you know, people in the UK government, the UK finance ministry said this is going to be like an immediate do-it-yourself recession. People were so pessimistic about it. People, the Federal Reserve, one of the reasons that the Fed ended up not raising rates um, at all this year so far was because they were worried about the kind of fallout from this Brexit. And that didn't happen. Um, so it's, it's um, you know, the, the U.K., the pound fell a lot. Um, and the U.K., the Bank of England stepped in to make policy a little bit easier. But you didn't have this big economic collapse that everybody was expecting. And so, you know, how the, the Bank of England is going to respond to that. And I believe there's also a pretty big U.K. Uh, retail sales report mm -hmm. out this week. Um, I, I think those are going to be really interesting to watch because one of the things that just so many people got wrong was, was this idea that Brexit was going to be like a giant – mistake for the for the United Kingdom's domestic economy and it, you know it just it just doesn't seem to have to have been the case for now I mean and the, similar though to what we're talking about in the US market the the rally since the election I mean you've, you've seen two um, two interesting results or unexpected results we should say and you know outcomes that have not been well yeah a lot of uncertainty negative. and yeah. a lot of you know and nothing's really happened yet to sort of clarify well, right, that correct yeah with brexit that you know at first everybody said oh once the vote happens you're going to have this big collapse and the the collapse didn't come and so everybody said well we haven't actually you know invoked the article of the eu constitution where we formally begin the exit process and once that happens the, the crash will come i mean you know maybe maybe that's right maybe you just haven't hit the trigger point yet um that you know that's why it's so interesting to watch and, and see what happens here I think that's probably a good place to end it. Thanks, Josh. Uh, and thank you, Sarah Krause and Steve Russo. We'll be Thanks back next me. week. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.